Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. I should say people of the tundra. Someone told me it started snowing uh, just as service started here. So uh, we'll see what it looks like afterwards. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of the Warm Heart pastors here. If this is your first time here, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. If you are joining us online, welcome to all of you. Uh, we are blessed to have you with us. Uh, congregation, about once a month we like to do this. Can you just turn around and wave at all the online folk who are with us? The camera's upstairs. Good morning. We are so glad to have you. Jeff's feeling nervous up there. We're all looking at him. There, there's Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, just a few announcements to share this morning. And Miss Faye Gabriel is our worship leader. And I think she's got a couple. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Gosh, it's been a long time since I said that, Keith. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Oh, it's wonderful to see your faces. God bless you, each one of you. All that you bring, all the happiness and the sorrows, too, that this is a safe place for you to be. Thank you. We want to remind you to check out the back of the bulletin for what's going on in the life of the church this week. From ladies' night out to Bible study, things are happening. Join us for our upcoming ladies' study of Becoming a Woman Who Loves by Cynthia Hild. This will be an 11-week study on Monday evenings starting March 13th at 6.30 on Zoom. Ask Pastor Jan about it if you're interested. She was waving at you all on her own. Now, this question is not a trick one. Do you like food? And do you like friends? Mostly. Yes, mostly. Yes. If you answered yes to both of these, the church is beginning a lunch bunch small group, and this group is for you. It's going to be trying something new, It's called the Let's Do Lunch Together after the second service, beginning on March the 26th. So that's a month from today. Pastor Jen will make the reservations at Smoky Mountain Pizza in Meridian. And everyone will meet at the restaurant at 1245. If you want to join us, let the office know by Thursday, March 23rd. So that's a while to think about it. We are going to try this, and if all goes well... It would be great if this becomes a monthly gathering. The let's do lunch. You hear that a lot. It'll be nice to have that at church. Come meet other folks who are in our church. Lent is a time for giving things up. And there we just talked about friends and food. And this week, we are giving up using our family life center. The powers that be... And the donor behind the project decided that not only will they paint the FLC walls, but also the ceiling. And that's a very good plan, which will be this week. So if you have an event or a class over in the other building this week, speak with your ministry leader to see where your meeting has been moved. We will, however, still have time for coffee and refreshments after the service today, much like last week, with no tables or chairs. And again, watch out for the plastic on the floors. But we should all be thankful we won't have more gray drippings on us from the ceiling. So that would be good. Nicole has an announcement, please, about the mission trip. Thank you. I do have an announcement about the mission trip. In case you still don't know who I am, I'm Nicole Walker, the youth minister. I wasn't here last week because I had 13 kids with me on a retreat in McCall. It was wonderful. But now I'm back and I'm refocused on the mission trip. Our mission trip is coming up at the end of June and we are going to Colorado. And um, we have a lot of families who can't afford to pay very much for the mission trip, which is absolutely fine. So we are relying on your help for all of our team to go. Um, we've been asking you to sponsor a mile or multiple miles of our trip this month. So far, we have sponsored 885 of the 1550 miles. So. We're over halfway, uh, but not there. Um, For those of you who 
know of the latest Spider-Man franchise, we could say this is Youth Missions, No Way Home, unless you sponsor us. (laughs) Please sponsor us. (laughs) Um, My plan was to run this this, uh, fundraiser only through February, but I've had a few people ask me to run it for two more weeks. So I'll run it for two more weeks. Uh, donate to our trip and you can get a token as a reminder um, to pray for us in the coming months. Um, a, little, a little appreciation gift. And um, we just really do appreciate all of your support of the youth of this church. Thank you for Youth Sunday two weeks ago. Thank you for uh, supporting us on our retreat. Thank you for all you do for the youth of this church. I always tell the kids you love them. And you, you guys, are, you just make that true all the time. Thank you. It's wonderful, and it's true. We do love them, and they're our future. I have a friend, uh, Pastor Charles, who's a retired minister, and he was telling me about a young minister friend of his who revealed to him about one Sunday he was giving a real fiery, what he thought was interesting sermon, and one of his congregations stood right up in the middle and walked out. And it kind of bothered him a little bit. He cut things short, and then after services, he talked to the widow and said, you know, did I offend him? Was something wrong? The widow said, no, he's just having trouble with walking in his sleep again. (laughs) And you know the scariest part about that is if you have to leave during the service, somebody might jump up and shake you to try to get you awake. There you go. It could be bad. Thank you, Miss Fit. Thank you. <laughs> Only once have I had to leave a service because of a, uh, of, of a bathroom issue in 25 years of ministry. All I knew to say was, I'm, I'm embarrassed I have to leave for a moment, but I'll be more embarrassed if I stay. So... <laughs> If you ever have it, if you ever walk out for a need, just please go. We'll go with God. Um, mission trips. I just I just want to uh, pick on someone else who has a mission trip coming up, and she didn't know I'd be doing this today. But Rebecca Spencer, where are you? Can you stand up for me, pretty please? So Rebecca Spencer, uh, just what, you know, we're at the one year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, and something just touched her in her heart that she, I got to do something. I got to do something. So in in a few weeks, she is flying over to Warsaw, Poland, to work with refugees and orphans from the Ukraine war. She'll be over there for a little while, and if you want to talk to her about it and and, and maybe send a little bit of love her way, uh, she'll be at coffee hour, and and just just catch her after the service. But uh, uh, our prayers are also with you. You got some you got some interesting people sitting around you, I bet. And uh, if you don't, then you're probably the most interesting one in that pew. Uh, <laughs> let's let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then swing back for the hymns.
And would you remain standing, please, as we recite together our affirmation of faith. It's number 881 in the hymnal, or the words will be on the screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Unless you're a kid, like fifth grade and down, this is your time in worship. Come on out. you guys doing today? Doing all right? Yeah? Yay! It's Sunday! Yay! School tomorrow! Whoa! Yeah! But today's Sunday. Love Sundays. So, it was like 10, 11 years ago, I was in a meeting. Sometimes adults have meetings. Sometimes they're nice. Sometimes they're boring. Sometimes we actually get stuff done. And sometimes people get mad. Have you ever been in a meeting when people, someone's been mad? Yeah, it happens. I was in a church meeting, and we were making a change at church. <gasps> Can you believe it? And there are, there, are, there are a couple people who were not happy about the change we were making. Uh, 98% were fine, 2% not so much. And those 2%, they were vocal. And they were angry, and they were mad. And I'm sitting at this meeting, and, and they're just... And I, and I get they're angry, and I get they're angry, but they were they were they were saying saying things, and they were, all of a sudden I just started feeling bad. Do you ever feel bad? Sometimes it happens. Started to feel a little bit of bad. Am, am I worth anything? Am I doing the right thing? Does anybody love me? I know you never have those thoughts, but that that was going through my mind. And as I was sitting there, and I had a shirt and a tie on. Uh, that was the, 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 what this church expected uh, of, of meetings, the dress up. But underneath the shirt, underneath my dress shirt, I had a T-shirt on. And it looked something like this. It was, it was a shirt that my kids gave me a long time ago. And as I was sitting there in the meeting, and I was just thinking all these horrible thoughts about myself, I remembered Someone out there loves me. Someone out there thinks I'm pretty cool. Now, they haven't grown up enough to know exactly what dad's like, but at that moment, I was pretty cool. And at that time, it didn't matter if, if, if some people didn't like what we were doing, and it didn't matter, it didn't hurt my feelings as much because I knew, and I had a T-shirt to prove it, that I was loved. If you ever have a bad day, if you ever have people say things about you that make you feel this, this big. I want you to know that someone loves you. Not only does God love you, not only does Jesus love you, but all these people out here love you too. Can you all say, we love you? We love you. And hopefully that'll get you through whatever day you have. Let's, let's be people of prayer. God above, we ask that you bless these little ones that as they grow in godliness and in character, that they know that they are loved, that they can get through the days they have with you by their side. And the whole family of God said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming down today.
Good morning, church. Good morning. I'm Pastor Jen, and I would like for us to gather together in an attitude of prayer. This is the time of our service where we share our prayer requests and concerns with one another. If you have something that's on your heart that you would like to share this morning, please share it aloud. If you prefer to keep it close to your heart, God knows. We will pray together. I will lead us in a pastoral prayer. And then that will go into our Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen, in which I invite you to join in. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, you are our rock and our salvation. You bring calm to the storm and order from chaos. Teach us, Lord, to live into your unforced rhythms of grace. And may we learn to walk humbly with one another in your light. Lord, we ask that you would create in us a gentle spirit so where there is conflict, we may bring peace and resolve. And where there is division, we may help to mend relationships and build community. Lord, we ask that that you help us to see one another as you see us so that we may care for one another as a loving family. Lord God, we are your people, and in you we rest. Empower us to be examples of your love and your grace. And today we come together and pray as your people the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is a kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Jen. Please stand as willing and able for our next congregational song. They will know that we are Christians by how we drive. (laughs) Or how we forgive, or how how we love. Let's stand and sing.
The scripture reading this morning comes from three different books of the Bible, Timothy, Proverbs, and John. The words will be on the screen. First, from 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. From Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. And from John 19, verses 25 through 27. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, Vic. One of our kiddos had a music concert a while back. We could easily see them on the risers and in a crowded gym when they finally saw us, their eyes lit up and they started to wave. Someone out there loves me. I remember as a kid going up to bat and being embarrassed by certain folk who will remain nameless mom, (laughs) hollering out, you know, childhood nicknames that I had since I was two uh, while I'm trying to be at bat and trying to fit in and all that. And it, a little embarrassing, but it, it was also nice to know that someone in the stands was rooting for me. Not all attention, however, is from friends. I also remember being in the outfield and having a few hecklers along, standing along the foul line, uh, shouting things loud enough for us to hear, but not loud enough for the umps or our families in the stands to hear. One game was just wow. This, this guy was unbelievable. Uh, all game, all game. I was in center field and just just getting berated. All 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 this outfielders were getting berated by this one guy, and uh, after inning after inning of abuse, and uh, Brian, who was out in right field next to me, uh, was catching the worst of it because that's where the guy was. And uh, I, I remember one line uh, toward the end of the game, and uh, he. <laughs> He had a little bit too much. If, and he said some words I can't say here, but if you were my son, I'd kick you out of the house. And all Brian knew to say was, if I was your son, I'd run away. <laughs> some attention from the crowd could be affirming. And some can just be plain nasty. In the season of Lent, we're going to look at a few of the last words of Jesus as he hung upon the cross. I know it's not fair to leave him hanging here for the next six weeks as we talk about some of his words, but some say that each phrase could, could be some of the best sermons that Jesus ever gave to us. Compassionately thinking of others as he was dying. And that's where we are today, where Jesus is concentrating on the needs of his mother and his best friend. He simply said to his mom, Here is your son. And he said to his best friend, here is your your mom. Jesus was telling both of them, take care of one another in the future when I am physically gone from you. Even in the midst of enormous pain, he could think of the needs and the pain of others. That's true of personality, isn't it? We're consistent kind of through life in our personality. Jesus was enormously compassionate during his ministry, and he's being enormously compassionate at the end. People are consistent in both living and dying, and so was Jesus. So here's the setting. The setting was Golgotha, 
the place of the skull. Golgotha was at the base of a 60-foot vertical cliff of dark mud and clay. On the face of that cliff were carved out, I know the choir can't see it, but uh, they were carved out, two, looks like two eye sockets and a, and a mouth, and the crucifixion took place upon the top, according to tradition anyway. The place of the skull. So who was there? Certainly the enemies of Jesus, the Roman soldiers who put him upon the cross, uh, the, the religious leaders who condemned him there, the Pharisees, the crowd of gawkers, two thieves were also there. And these were the hecklers out in right field, throwing insults for no other reason except to, to hurt and humiliate. But he did have some friendly faces in the crowd. Jesus' family was also there. His mother was there. His aunt. His cousin. We know that there were three Marys at the foot of the cross. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary Magdalene. And Mary, the mother of Clopas. Uh, another gospel tells us that a fourth woman, the sister of Jesus' mother, uh, was also there. Her name was Salome. And her sons were John and James. And if that's true, then Mary's sister was there, Salome and her son John. That makes her the aunt of Jesus and John at the, at, uh, as Jesus' first cousin. So Mary had her sister there, and her sister was the mother of John the disciple. I know it's all very confusing, but I want you to know he had a gaggle of family there. But not his disciples. Where were they? They were hiding. And honestly, I can't blame them. Truth be told, the only disciple who was there at the cross was his first cousin, John, the beloved disciple. So real quick, let's focus for a moment. on. We're going to focus on Mary first. I'll tell you a little bit about her. And then on John, I'll tell you a little bit about him. And then on the words of Jesus to them and what it might mean for us today. First, Mary. If you think about it, Mary is the only person who is with Jesus from beginning to end, from birth to death. She was with Jesus his whole life. We remember the story of Mary and the angel Gabriel showing up. You will be with child from the Holy Spirit. You will give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. She might have been the first human being on earth who believed that Jesus was the son of God. The other story that, uh, that we get right after this, like eight days later, uh, in the temple, she was, they were dedicating Jesus to God. And an old man by the name of Simeon came to her. And this is what he shared. A sword will pierce your soul, and the hearts of many people will be revealed. And it says that Mary pondered on these things. A sword will pierce my heart. This was the first sign an omen to her that her son would die a murderous death. And there's places where you see Mary sprinkled throughout the Gospels. She's there. Uh, the other story that we have is a teenager. Um, how's it go? She was yelling at him for, for disappearing, and she found him at the temple three days later, if you know that story. Uh, I could just see her dragging him, dragging him out. I don't care if you are the son of God. You come home when we tell you to come home. <laughs> She was there for a few of his teachings, for his sermons. She was always rooting him on. And here's Mary at the foot of the cross. I can't imagine one of the most gut-wrenching and awful experiences of her life. The nails in his wrist might as, be, might as well have been through hers. The sword that pierced his side might as, might as well have been the one that would pierce her. It's the way it is with Moms. Their kid's pain is also their pain, isn't it? Yeah. So for many, Mary is a model of motherhood. Every child needs a good mom. There's no other occupation that compares to this. I'm blessed to have a great mom. I'm saying that because she's watching probably from, from Nebraska. I am blessed to be married to a great mom. And I better throw in grandmas as well but while I'm at it. Grandmas are awesome. Any, any good grandmas in here today? Yeah, that's right. The book of Proverbs says this, a fine mother is more valuable than jewels. 
one of the last acts to care for his mother was by entrusting her future with his best friend and cousin, John, the faithful disciple. So what about John? The disciple whom Jesus loved, according to the book of John. Some of you see that. So, so he's gone. Yeah, the one that Jesus loved was me, John. But the gospel of John is interesting. It's, we call it the gospel of love. If you read through it, it's the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all about the, uh, the acts of Jesus. John has a lot of the meat, a lot of the red letters. That, uh, that the choir just sang about. You are blessed if you have a good friend, a person whom you are closer than, than any other. Jesus had that, and that friend's name was John. John was the person to whom Jesus was the closest. We also know some other things about John. We know that he had a brother, James, and that they were in the fishing business, the first disciples. We hear that James and John also had a temper. They were called sons of thunder. That is not a good name. (laughs) Sons of thunder, because they had thunderous tempers and personalities. There was a story where they were walking through a Samaritan village, and the Samaritans didn't, didn't exactly open up their doors to the disciples and Jesus. And John goes to Jesus and says, could you ask your dad to smite these people of fire brimstone? That's not what we do anymore. That's Old Testament stuff. We're, 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 there's a new policy, policy of love. Yeah. It's amazing that such a hot-tempered personality as John uh, he also wanted to be first in the kingdom. He asked, Jesus, can I, be, can I be your right-hand man? Can I be number one in the kingdom? And we get the whole story of you know, those who are fast, first or last, last or first. If you want to be a leader, you need to serve. And, John, and John's like, okay, uh, let me back up a moment. So this hot-tempered personality and who, the one who wanted to be first is also the guy who later on would write the gospel of love. And the letters 1st, 2nd, 3rd John that talk about love. Jesus can work miracles and can change people. So we find John at the foot of the cross. All the other disciples have run away. Could it be that John was more courageous? Or that he loved Jesus maybe more than the others? Maybe so. Or or maybe his mother dragged him there. But I think it was on his own volition. Your cousin's being crucified today. We have to go support him. And Jesus says to John at the the foot of the cross, take my mother. And John did. John tells us in his gospel that uh, John took Mary into his own home and cared cared for her from that day on. What can we learn from this best friend of John, of, of Jesus? We learn that best friends love through thick and thin in the high points and in the low points. Who's there during your low points? That's a friend. Treasure them. In the midst of excruciating pain and against all the hecklers, there were two people still sending their encouragement to Jesus. And despite the crowd at the, at the base of the cross, Jesus was focused on those two, the two people who loved him. He asked for them to care for each other in the future, and, and, and did they do that? Yes. Yes, they did. Mary and John, after this, would, they would travel and live in the city of Ephesus, where we get the book of Ephesians later on. Temples are built in Ephesus to both Mary and John indicating their shared lives there in that city. They cared for each other until their dying day, just as Jesus asked them to do. What do I want you to walk away with this morning? From these words, here is your son, here is your mother. Hanging on the cross at Golgotha with two thieves on either side with hecklers at the cross. Jesus was also surrounded by the love of two people who loved him most here on earth, his mother and his best friend. I know life can be tough. I know days are hard to get through someday. I know that you might feel like there are hecklers out there 
that make you feel this, this big. But there are people who love you in this world. You have encouragement. Focus on them. We all have our issues. We all have our hecklers. But there are friendly faces in the crowd giving light, giving love, giving encouragement. And in the last acts of Jesus' compassion, he focused on their needs and just said, take care of each other. And they did. May we simply take care of each other as well. Look out for one another. And the people of God said, Amen. One of the ways we look out for each other is by taking an offering, by caring for those in our community, by caring for those in our church, by caring for those in our world. May our offering today bring light, love, and encouragement to all that touches. Will those who are helping please come forward? I believe we have the gift of music. Thank you, Mary. Let us stand for our doxology. <laughs> 